Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, back in the saddle as a married man. He looks vivacious, dynamic, and full of zest, folks. Mikey, Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette. Doc G, what is up, sir? How are you today? Hmm. I'm good. I'm not going to yeah. oversell it, Mike. You know, I'm very happy that you're back. That's making I it am. much better. I'm um, happy to be back. But, you know, as far as things going on for me, there's not a lot that's just making me go bananas right now. I'm not going to. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to oversell it, you know? Okay. Uh, I'm not going to. I mean, I feel like the listeners will be like, e- you know. Nope. I'm not buying <laughs> it. I'm not buying it, you know? So I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to sell them fake fake excitement mike that's not what you know but i am excited about the show and i'm a mm-hmm. little jealous mike because you you've you're a married man now i'm a married man yes and yes. uh i'm guessing you feel all types of 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 benefits from this hmm um i get to wear a ring superpowers and uh you know i guess there's more stability in my relationship and you know in that way, um, yeah, I don't know. D- is, am I supposed to feel that way? Like, you are, like, Mike. Yes! Yeah, and don't worry, I'm gonna help you feel that way. <laughs> we got a list. Yes, Mike. <laughs> since you are since you are newly married, I was like, you know what? I think it'd be nice if I listed some of the awesome benefits of being married. You know, so I went digging, Mike. Now, full disclosure, uh, I had to look for these benefits for a while. Uh, <laughs> first time I typed benefits of being married uh, into Google, it just replied, there are none, which seemed really aggressive. And I was like, come on, Google, work with me. But wow. I will say, once I went through, I also, it is weird. I did, Mike, I found a bunch of lists on this. And I will say, it's a little bit weird when I was thinking about it. I was like, Who's actually looking for these lists besides me? <laughs> like, who who's that person that's like, ah, I would get married to Sally, but are there any benefits? I don't know. Oh, there are. Nice. Okay, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll get married to. Like, seems like a really weird way to get married. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just you know. But regardless, Mike, there are benefits galore. Cool. So. I'm going to go through them. Here we go. Number one, Mike. This is a biggie. This one. Get excited <laughs> about this one, Mike. You're less likely to get pneumonia compared to a single person. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. study from University of Warwick, England found that married folks less likely to develop pneumonia. Hmm. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. That's good. I'm not sure how that works, Mike. I don't know if you're, like, supposed to use your partner as a human shield and just, like, diseases come (laughs) at you and you're just like, ah, throw them in front of me. I don't know. But regardless, you know, if I develop pneumonia, you'll just look at me and you're like, 
I told you. Mm. I told you. Stupid single person. Now you have it. <laughs> Lame. Uh, number two, Mike. People in happy marriages tend to be more productive at work. Okay. Now, Mike, just from circumstantial evidence I've gained at the various jobs I've had, I'm going to say most of the folks I've worked with were not in happy marriages then. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm telling you, for you, get ready for that productivity to skyrocket. Ooh, you know? I feel it. I feel yeah. it. Yeah, you're going to like <laughs> eight sets of stand-up a day. You're just going to yeah. like going to be doing them in, in noon brunch stand-ups, mm. afternoon stand-ups. going to be all there. I'm going to start these shows. We don't currently have these shows no. in Vegas, Doc G, but I'm going to start them. Yeah. With yeah. all this uh You'll be at a you'll be at a Ralph's in the front and you'll be like, "Guess what, people? I'm happily married." And they'll be like, "Oh, all right, well, I'm going to listen to his jokes here for a second. That sounds good." That's a fact. Uh, number 3, Mike. Research consistently shows that couples in committed marriages live longer than those who are single. Mmm. Yeah. Yeah. Book it, Mike. You're li you're yeah. living until at least like 115, at least. That's what I was hoping for, yeah. right? Because like, I guess you having the partner there, you know, if you fall over and have a heart attack, they're there, man. You're alone. They're, they're there. there. They they've, they've got gotcha. you. They've got gotcha. you. Yeah. Number four, you're less likely to develop depression than a single person. Mm. Yeah. That makes get, sense. Get excited, Mike. You're on the natural yeah. Prozac over there. Yeah. The world the world can't get to you. You're in your protective married bubble. Mm -hmm. I'm just over here exposed. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry, Doctor. It's all right. World world events can shatter my confidence. They can shake my mindset, but you can't be faced. Can't be no. faced. You're married. That's not the way it works. Like a world events. No. Know? No. Mm -mm. Number five, Mike. <laughs> Number five. Married cancer patients are more likely to survive the illness than those who are single and develop the disease. Mm. Death rates among <laughs> unmarried cancer patients are higher, especially among single men. So my, I, I need to follow up on this study to see what happens if a person discovers they have cancer and then like a prescription, they get married, you know? <laughs> like, oh crap, somebody marry me, quick! You know, does that does that help? Because maybe you got to admit that's a pretty solid way of guilting someone into marrying you. Mm -hmm. Got to marry me. I'm going to die if you don't marry me. It says in the study, I have cancer. Marry me now. Like you know, <laughs> person will feel pretty bad if they don't. Just saying. But regardless, Plus I have life insurance. So yeah, exactly. Benefits exactly. <laughs> Num number six. A 2000 study found that divorced and separated men and women are more than twice as likely as a married person to commit suicide. Jeez, Doc G. <laughs> this list. Now, I'm uh, saying, though, Mike, you're over there never thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Now, no. in all fairness, Mike, this study did not include just single folks, if you noticed, mm. right? They said they said uh, uh, twice as likely married persons relative to 
divorced and separated men. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, just saying. The forever singles are not included in this. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Mike, this is a big one. This is a big one. There are tax benefits. Tax benefits? That's right. You can now file jointly, Mike, and you may slip into a lower tax bracket. Mm. Huh? I think that's if you make like over a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars a year or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was hoping I was hoping your wife maybe made a ton of money so you could, yeah, you no, could she slip doesn't. her. Ah man. <laughs> She's All a teacher. Right. So you're just you're both just in poverty. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah what can you do? Well, <laughs> but aside from that, Mike, a spouse without a job can put joint income into an IRA, which they otherwise wouldn't have been able to do if they weren't married. Oh, okay. And spouses don't have to pay federal estate taxes when one member of the couple dies. So there you go. You oh, guys, okay. Yeah. Benef- Sounds like being married is awesome when things are terrible. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. At the end, and Mike, life is terrible. So there you go. <laughs> True. There we Come go. Come on. I love at the end of this article, though, it, uh, that I got the the tax benefits from. It says uh, it says all these tax benefits almost make uh, make paying taxes fun. Word. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, the person who wrote this article was drunk, Mike. Yeah. Um, number eight. Number eight. I find this one. This one's probably the most unbelievable to me. I don't. I don't know about this one, but I'm gonna give it to you anyways. Okay. Married folks get better sleep. Mm. A study of nearly 2,000 women found that uh, uh, found that women who reported being in a happy marriage also had better sleep. The happier the women reported being in their marriage, the easier it was for them to fall and stay asleep. Wendy Troxell of the University of Pittsburgh, who authored the study, also reported that divorced women tend to have worse sleep than married women. Hmm. Now, I will point out, Mike, if you noticed, all of those studies were women. I yeah. did not hear anything about men getting better sleep. So, yeah. Which, you know, that that's the reason I find it hard. If there's anyone anywhere near me in the vicinity of sleeping, I'm not, I'm not sleeping. So, that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, just something that I've gotten the habit of, Mike. It's just I don't I don't I don't see it happening. I don't know. You can't sleep you don't sleep well next to people? No, not at all, Mike. Mm. Not at all. I just I don't know. Maybe it's like I'm just too self involved and I'm worried that that person's got I'm gonna wake up and I'm just gonna have like boogers coming out of my nose what? and I'm just gonna like look really <laughs> stupid and they're gonna be like, Look at this moron, right? Like, you know, I just like I can't I can't relax. I'm yeah, like, I see that. I'm yeah. like a cat that's getting ready, to, you know, waiting for the attack. It's like, uh, yeah, you just uh, got to get that massive bed, doctor. You got to get that. What's that big? What's the California big king, size? king? The California Cal- king. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Like I just need a bed. I just need to turn the whole room into a bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just sort of like a trampoline park. Yeah, exactly. That'd be exactly. pretty nice. Oh, yeah. You have uh, some uh, some mattresses on the sides of the yeah. walls. <laughs> <laughs> just make it look like a sanitarium. <laughs> uh, just bouncing off the walls, everybody. Uh, Number nine, Mike. This is a good one. This is a good one to end on here. You're more likely to get a work schedule that works for you. More than mm. 40% of employers say that they only offer flexible working hours 
to their employees who are legally married. Oh, there we go. Which to me seems like blatant discrimination, Mike, and I don't like it. Mm -hmm. And as a single individual, I won't stand for it. But as a married man, that's pretty great (laughs) for you, Mike. That is pretty fantastic, you know? So, uh, you know, overall, Mike, I think we can say you're pretty psyched now, right? Yeah, I am. Thank you so much. I was not aware of all these benefits. It's like you just found a million dollars. Yeah. You know what else is like finding a million dollars, Mike? Hmm. What is it, Doc G? Listening to the Doc G show. Say what? Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. I knew you were, but you wanted me to say it, and I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. I did. Mike, (laughs) are you ready to fire this show up? Let's fire it up, Doc G. All three engines up and burning. Two. One, zero, and liftoff. Mike, we have we have a fantastic show today. We have the one and only Trey Lewis. Now, what I did with Trey, this is going to be an interesting interview. I, uh, Mike, a lot of times if uh, the artist that we have on the show is big enough to have a uh, Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. I will go to their Wikipedia page first. You know, it's sort of like that's the starting point. And then I diverge from there, you know. I go, I yeah. go to the the real deal places. And uh, I went to Trey's Wikipedia page, and I gotta say, it was underwhelming. I was like, "This is girl, come on." Who wrote this? Come Did on. It need more information. It needed. They didn't even have his birth yeah. date, Mike. Oh, come on. Yeah, they said he was born. They're like born in eighty six, eighty seven. We don't know. Eighty six or eight? Come on. Yeah, couldn't even get the year. They got people that were born 2,000 years ago. They have the exact date, and they're like, well, this guy was born like 34 years ago. We don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Like, it's just, uh, come on. Come on. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go through the full page with him. We're going to get the true deets, Mike. We're going to fill in the holes, and then guess what? I'm going to edit the Wikipedia page. That's right. I'm going in there, putting it in. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Say what? Anyways, Mike, uh, one other thing before we go to where we always start. One other thing, important news from last week on the show, Mike. Um, while you were uh, improving your life beyond measure with the benefits <laughs> we know of marriage, we also had a pretty momentous moment on the show. Claude let us know he's pro-bidet. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's with me, Mike. I'm going to get you over here. And Claude wants you over here as well. We want to be all pro-bidet. We want yeah. we want jet sprays going into our nether regions. Okay? That's what we want. And we want you here too. And you're going to get here. <laughs> we believe it. Just it's got know, Once you have the confidence and the anti-depression of marriage, you'll be like, you know what I'm going to add on to this? A bidet. <laughs> Yes, uh. yes, Mike. Say yes. Anyways, Mike, we're gonna. We need to start where we start. The birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mike, you are. Uh, and I don't want to add uh, pressure to you, but Claude did go three for three. Nice. He went three for three, and uh, he he completely threw out a guess. There was Pablo Picasso last week, mm. and I told him about his paintings, and, and he was like, I have no idea. I'm just going to say 
Picasso. And I was like, that's it. Nailed it. So he really got lucky on one, but he was still three for three. Who are the other two? Do you know? Um, We had Katy Perry was one of them. I can't remember the third one. That's yeah. okay. Now, third one's not coming to me. Third one's not coming to me. But, Mike, I think you can get two of them today. Two of them. Okay. Three of them's going to be really hard. You're 73 and a half out of 124. 73 and a half out of 124. Here's the condensed clue. Lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Hmm. Ah. Don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. Names are gonna be tough. Names are gonna be. I'll give you his initials. A K. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. All right, I'm not. I'm not gonna go through the longer yeah, uh, bio. Know. Won't help. Uh, Anthony Kiedis. Anthony yeah, Kiedis. Great fella, Mike. Born. In Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, November 1st, 1962. Moved to Hollywood when he was 12 to live with his dad. Created a band with Hillel Slovak's Flea, Jack Irons. First uh, song was Out in L.A. They called themselves the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They released their first album in 1984 and 1991. They released Blood Sugar Sex Magic, went on to sell 7 million albums. My favorite album of theirs, of course, had the uh, amazing songs Under the Bridge, Give It Away. Uh, Then they released Californication in 99, which was their biggest album, 16 million sold. Uh, The the, uh, band has released 13 studio albums. Inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2012, They have a star on the Hollywood Boulevard. They have six Grammys and over 120 million uh, albums sold. There you go. There you go. Anthony Kiedis, Mike. Also, just a wild biography if you ever have time to read that one. Mm -hmm. So true. Mm -hmm. Scar uh, scar tissue. Okay. Ever ever get a, a chance to read it? My goodness. You'll be like, what was... Gosh, my childhood mm. was so protected. Good lord! I love the scar tissue. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. He, yeah. Uh, uh, just a, a spoiler alert. He does heroin for the first time when he was 12. What? Because he thought oh it was. Gosh. He thought it was his dad's cocaine, um, and so he snorted heroin instead of cocaine. So, uh, yeah, intense. Intense, Mike. What happens when you do that? When you snort heroin versus cocaine? What's the, uh, how, how would that work? Like, d- does that work? Oh, yeah. Still gets in oh, your yeah? system. Oh, Still okay. gets in your system. Uh, I, I mean, the main thing you got to worry about uh, is impurities in both. But, uh, you know, we don't have to go down the road of drug use right now. No. Um, happy birthday to Anthony Kiedis, Mike. Turning 61. Mm. Jeez. Looks amazing nice. for 61. Yeah. Just super fit out there, shirtless and ripped. Mm-hmm. Hats off, Anthony Kiedis. Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. 
Mike, this past week, a van was pulled over by the cops in Lancaster County, Nebraska. They were pulled over for following a car uh, on the interstate too closely. Uh, During the stop, the deputy smelled, you guessed it, marijuana, and asked if he could search the vehicle. The driver agreed. The officer then found 435 pounds of weed and 12,000 individually wrapped joints. Word. Mm, 12,000 individually wrapped joints. Uh Uh-huh. Nice pre-rolls. Yeah, and then the 435 (laughs) pounds. Uh, Chief Deputy Ben Houchin said, uh, through the investigation, probable cause was not developed that the driver knew what he was hauling. He was just a carrier. Mike, if that's true, that has to be the most clueless driver <laughs> ever. <laughs> like, so what am I uh, delivering today? Looks like big pack bales of what uh, dried kale. Is that it? What is, <laughs> what, what is that back there? Sweet. And individually wrapped cigarettes. Man, these things smell funky. That is weird. All right. Mm. Yeah, checks out. Let's get out on the road, guys. Like, <laughs> who is this guy? Like... Very, very weird driver, Mike. Speaking of marijuana, a woman was going through security at LaGuardia in New York when TSA found marijuana in her adult diaper. Mm. How much weed do you ask? Roughly a crap load. Hi <laughs> Uh, Mike, according to Lisa Farbstein, they told the lady to toss the weed and still let her catch her flight. I got to say, Mike, one thing's for sure. If I'm the TSA, I'm not touching that weed. Nope. She is getting rid of it. Yeah, mm, yeah you got to. I, I sort of wonder when they said she has to toss it, like, did she try to give that away to somebody else in the airport without telling them it was from her diaper? Like, hey. You got some weed. You want this weed? Why is the weed so warm and wet? I don't <laughs> want this. Gross, Mike. Gross. Yeah, it's gross. Adult diapers. Uh, that'd be a weird. It's move. a downer. If you yeah. have to, if you have to wear an adult diaper, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come down on anybody for wearing one because I'm guessing you have to. But yeah, it's, it's not a cool look. I'm gonna be honest. It's not. It's no. not the freshest. <laughs> you can get some planes. You, know? you can get some planes on it or something. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Some patterns. Yeah, he gets a jazzy, get it like a Burberry <laughs> pattern, you know, a nice. What? Very classy. Um, uh, Mike, right. very peculiar story out of Berkeley, California. Uh, the police. <laughs> Mike, Mike enjoyed the pattern. Uh, hilarious. The pattern diapers. Um, so true. Mike, uh, Berkeley, California, the police are still looking for a man who assaulted a woman back on October 16th at the intersection of Oxford Street and Center Street. Now, let me give you the play-by-play of this uh, assault. This is according to KTVU Channel 2. Quote, A man picked up an unknown female from behind and licked her from her neck to her eye. Wait, what? Then... The man would not let her go, but a bystander intervened and let the victim flee. 
Mike, that has to be one of the weirdest descriptions <laughs> of an assault I have ever... From the neck to eye? Yeah, it's weird. Ew. Like, I gotta be honest. I think a lot of people out there would prefer to be beaten unconscious prepared to, uh, compared to licked from the neck to the eye. Yeah, that's like, a long lick. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's very peculiar how they say the man would not let her go, but a bystander intervened and the, let the victim flee. Like, just by the way it make it sound, it seems like a guy walked up and was like, uh, hey, could you not lick her from the neck to the eye? And the guy was like, oh, well, my bad. Yeah, there we go. Sorry. Like, it's just. <laughs> All right, now you leave. <laughs> exactly. Get out of here. I'm done with it. Like. Just bizarre. I don't know about this. I I need more on this one, Mike. I'm guessing I I won't get it, but I could use more. I could use mm. more on that story. Mike, get ready. Leo news. Leo news. <laughs> Mike, it's amazing, but Mr. DiCaprio has moved on to another girlfriend. Ah, uh. yeah, it's wild. Uh, it's almost like having millions of dollars and being famous and attractive allows you the opportunity to have many girlfriends. I don't, uh, haven't done the exact math on it, but it seems pretty good for him. Uh, mm -hmm. His girlfriend, this new one, Mike, 25. 25. Okay. So checks out. Checks out. Mm -hmm. uh, they couldn't help themselves in the uh, story, Mike. They had, to, they had to point it out, and they had to point out that uh, Titanic was not released uh, when she, uh, or, or <laughs> she, she was not born before Titanic was released. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, they had to do it. They had to do uh, it. Um, but that's not the news, Mike. That's not the big news. The news I don't realize is it ruins it for all of us too, who are <laughs> over twenty-five. It's like, come on, really? You got to point this out anyway. Sorry. Well, don't you? I mean, you know, I, I'm always just amazed how they've zoned in on Leo on it. I mean, you know, I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I'm just saying they zoned in on this one dude, and you yeah. got, like, you got Al Pacino, whose last girlfriend was not an exaggeration, 54 years older or younger than him. Wow. 54. Like, wow. I mean, just, you know. I mean, I'm guessing with Al Pacino, they're like, he's old, who gives a like, you know, they're just like, yeah, he's too old to yell at him. Like, you know, like, I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. Anyways, Mike, that's not the point. The new girlfriend is Vittoria Soretti, who is a an Italian model. Um, weird, right? Model. Who would have thought? Mm -hmm. um, Mike, they were both on the outskirts of West Hollywood at a Halloween house party. It's always bizarre to me that there's like, you know, Famous people house parties. Mm -hmm. Just like, like that's just wild. That it's like, I mean, you know, celebrities are just like us. Hey, you going over to Jeff's party? Yeah, like it's just sort of weird. Anyways, they went to this party, and in the early hours of the morning, on the deck of this house, he was having a conversation. Leo was having conversation with his new lady friend when she put her arm around him, moved her hand down his back, and in to his boxer shorts. Say what? Grabbing bare ass cheek, Mike. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. There's paparazzi pictures of just full-on groping under mm. the boxer shorts, Mike. Ew. Yeah. 
Yeah. I got to be honest, it's a little gross to me. I mean, you know. Yeah. Anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. That's just, you know, nah. Leo wears know. boxers, though? Apparently. Just oh. like straight up boxers. Like he's like imagine. in, ni- yeah, like he's in like 1999 or something, you know? Mm. Yeah. Like, like boxer briefs have never came out or something. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But I, 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 like, I couldn't hear this story, Mike, and not think of, like, the paparazzi that took the picture. Like, what a up life that is, you know? Yeah. Like, you hear they're going to a party, so you get the location. You find somewhere on a hill across from the house in some bushes, and you just sit there for, like, eight hours until 4 a.m., and you're like, uh, uh, I think that's them coming out on the deck. Yeah, yeah. And then you take a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio getting fell up. Like, mm-hmm. such a weird life. Yeah, it is. And, like, I mean, I get why they do it. I mean, you get money for the pictures, obviously. Like, people want to know what famous people are doing. But, like, just imagine if you started doing that for regular people. Hmm. Like, you would definitely get arrested. You would like, get arrested, for sure. If you just started taking pictures of random people doing things in their lives and publishing it, like, just taking, this is Frank Simone taking, uh, getting laxatives at Publix, like, and just, like, posted it on Instagram, this is Annie Douglas getting her car washed after her workout, like, people would be like, what the f- is wrong with this guy? Like, it's just so bizarre. It's yeah, such a random. weird thing. You wouldn't get such as many a- followers. <laughs> Not at all. I Not would follow, all. but you know, wouldn't be my proudest follow. You would be, you would be <laughs> concerned with the welfare of my mental state. Yeah. Um, Mike, important clothing headline here. I guess clothing line headline. Mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian's brand Skims. You know Skims, Mike? Um, yes, I do. Um, they're with the NBA now. That's yeah. that's coming up next, Mike. But okay. that's not sorry. That's not this one. This headline, Mike, was that uh, Skims has released the new ultimate nipple bra. Word. Mm, finally, what is that? Yeah. Well, uh, for quote, Mike, <laughs> perfect fullness with a built-in faux nipple for shock factor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, I did some research on this. You're not going to believe this, but uh, the human body already comes equipped with nipples. Yeah, that yeah, so I, it does. Don't know if people are aware of that. You don't need a bra for that one. I'm guessing mm-hmm. they want the support oh, and yeah, the, the nipples. And I don't nipples. know. But uh, the even better thing about this launch, Mike, was that uh, Kim had a video with this uh, where she made an announcement about this bra, and she played a client, uh, a, a, a climate scientist in the video Hmm. and at the start she says the earth's temperatures are getting hotter and hotter the sea levels are rising that's why i'm introducing a new bra with a built-in nipple so no matter how hot it gets you'll always look cold (laughs) yeah you gotta admit mike kim's got her priorities straight am i right so true Mm. am i right Belittling global warming, that's the best way to go. Hey, we may all be globally because of climate disaster, but at least you've got rock-hard fake nipples. Am I right? Am I right? Pretty great. Pretty great. Mike, in other news, just like you mentioned, Skims 
signed a partnership with the NBA to become the official underwear partner of the league. Hmm. So get ready. Get ready. NBA players are going to be rocking rock hard nipples every game. <laughs> I'm very excited about uh, it. I can't wait. It's going to be weird. the best. It's very weird, Mike. Very weird. I get insecure my- about that on stage. Like I get I get insecure about my nipples. Like if I'm wearing like a like a tight light shirt, you, shadow nipple you need, shadow. You need some pasties, Mike. I need, need some, s- yeah, something to fly. I need the opposite of what Kim Kardashian. Yeah, get is get some pasties out there, Mike. Mm-hmm. Get some pasties, the little you know circular band aids that go over your mm-hmm. nipples. You just that get way some I can of those. Have a circle. People be <laughs> like, like "What is awkward. that?" And you're like, "Pasties." I'm worried about my nipples. Shut up. I don't want you okay. guys to see my nipple shape. Oh, it's, it's I, you don't need to know that. You are not <laughs> married to me. All right, you don't get those benefits. <laughs> nope. Um. Mike, last one before we go to the break here. A little news about some famous folks uh, that I'm sort of familiar with. Uh, you know you know Tyrese Gibson? Um, yes. He yeah. was in... Uh, he's an actor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good-looking fella. He played oh, in yeah. like 16 of the 39 Fast and the Furious movies, something mm-hmm. like that. He was in he a bunch in of Transformers, them. Transformers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he and his ex-wife... Samantha uh, Lee. I'm not sure what she does. It says on her Instagram uh, that she's a fitness and beauty influencer and a, quote, game changer. Game changer. Yeah, which is such a weird way to describe yourself. Oh, what? I'm a game changer. Um, <laughs> it's weird. It's red flag number one. Um, but uh, anywho... Uh, Tyrese uh, had got enough of these red flags, so he and uh, Samantha divorced in 2020. And uh, recently, though, Samantha was on a podcast, and on the podcast, she said she would be open to reconciliation, Mike. Hmm. Yeah, she mentioned how she, she, you know, it's on the table. They could get back together. But... Tyrese later got on Instagram and uploaded a 12-minute video in which he called her, quote, a narcissist and a sociopath. Mm. He said, you've been taking shots at me and Zelly for the last two and a half years. You are desperate for fame. You're trying to go viral on my back, and I want you to leave me the alone. This was never love. It was just a transaction. End quote. Mm. Burned. I don't know, Mike. Doesn't seem like Tyrese is trying to reduce his risk of pneumonia at all. Mm. Nope. Sounds bad. Sounds bad. Get in there, Tyrese. Come on, man. You got to have the benefits. You got (laughs) to. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest, Mr. Trey Lewis. This is his single, How About We Don't. We'll be right back here on the Doc G show. We did the breakup, we did the makeup, the don't call, don't text, don't pick up. I did my best to stay away from you. Gave you time, gave you space like you wanted me to. But here we are. 
talking But I've been falling since the minute that you walked in Just like we did the first time The first kiss under the neon sign Back at it again, little more than friends The story never ends We should probably close out and call it a night I should probably quit getting lost in your eyes But tonight we're both a little lonely Little buzz, little caught up in the On the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever they get their podcasts. It is a cost-effective way to support the show. And if the listeners are feeling extra generous... They should leave us a five-star review and Mm -hmm. even a comment. We love comments. And I can tell them it's a positive way to waste their time. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for seven years. Mike's Mike's been doing it for two years. Yeah. So I love it. It's a a great way. It's Mm -hmm. a great way, listeners. Um, Mike, we need to thank the five-star listeners. We do. Those those regulars. And I'm going to, we're going to slow it down one time. You know what I'm going to do this time? I'm gonna do it in reverse. Hmm. We're gonna we're oh, gonna go okay. back. Yeah. So first off, shout out to Boynton, Virginia, the newest newcomers. We all know they're there. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to home of the J Chips, Mike, Chicago, Illinois. Of course, we mm-hmm. love them. It's our shy town heroes there. The the Midwest legends. Shout out to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, home of Mikey the Tiger, Mike. I want to do that. You ever you ever uh, thought about going to see your Tiger with the same name as you? No. Well, you think about it. <laughs> Girl, come okay. on. They got a they got a they got a live tiger on campus, Mike. Oh. Uh, s- some animal rights folks aren't a fan of it because they're like, hey, you shouldn't have tiger. But I'm like, you know, he's got like this huge cage. He's got a really nice like. I mean, like it's like a five acre enclosement or something. Like it's a oh. it's a big old place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I mean, plus I just love tigers. I'd like to see him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mikey the Tiger. Anyways, shout out to Athens, Georgia as well. Home of, of course, Hotel Fiction. Home of, of course, Perpetual Groove. Shout out to both. Say what? 
Uh, Spartansburg, South Carolina. Shout out to those guys. Upstate, we appreciate you. Los Angeles, California. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to Asheville, North Carolina, home of Steep Canyon Rangers and Town Mountain. Yes. Shout out to Olive Branch, Mississippi. Shout out to Tom's River, New Jersey. Shout out to Katy, Texas. Peoria, Illinois. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Biloxi, Mississippi. Winfield, West Virginia. Barcelona, Spain. Home of the best paella Mike has paella. ever had. Yes. Home of Richardson, Texas. Home of Richardson. Shout out to Richardson, Texas. Girl, come on. Shout out to Genoa, Italy. Shout out to Boardman, Oregon. Shout out to Dublin, Ireland. Dublin, I'm guessing the weather is only getting worse there. <laughs> I have not looked it up, but I'm guessing it's not getting any better. Uh, but you guys don't seem to mind. You are resilient with your weather. They are. Uh, shout out to San Diego, California. Such an odd couple of just two together with the opposite weather. Shout mm -hmm. out to San Diego with your lovely weather. Shout out to Piracai, Brazil. Shout out to Ashburn, Virginia. Shout out to Anoka, Minnesota. Shout out to Frankfurt, Germany. Shout out to Gainesville, Florida. Shout out to Radford, Virginia. Shout out to Columbia, South Carolina. And of course, shout out to Jacksonville, Florida. There we go, Mike. There we go. Nice. Five-star listeners. All right. Shout out. Four-star listeners, Mike. Got some new ones. Got some interesting ones here. First off, shout out Nashville, Tennessee. Classic. Yes. Shout out to O'Fallon, Missouri. O'Fallon. O'Fallon, never, Missouri. Never been to O'Fallon, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but shout out to you guys for listening. Shout out to Berwick, Pennsylvania, Mike. Berwick, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Shout out no, to Canadaga. I think I said that right. Canadaga, New York. Okay. Should be outside of Rochester. It's a upstate place there, Canadaga. Uh, cool. Shout out to uh, Columbus, Ohio. Shout out to uh, uh, Hechtel, Hechtel, Belgium. Don't know if I'm saying that right. Might be hmm. completely screwing that one up. Uh, have you ever been to Belgium, Mike? Don't no. Uh, no. I don't think yeah. so. Oh. Yeah, neither have I. Shout out to Cambridge, England. Cambridge, England. Been there. Can give that one a, a shout out. Yeah. Shout yeah. Out. Shout out to Eindhoven, Netherlands. Nice. This one's good, Mike. Shout out Honolulu, Hawaii. There we go. Honolulu. Getting a little, getting a little island listens. We appreciate Hawaii. it. Hawaii, yeah. Shout out to Guilford, England. Shout out to Miami, Florida, three hundred five. Shout out to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's probably Dame. Thanks, Dame. We appreciate it. Thank you, Dame, Dame and uh, and Giannis just sitting mm -hmm. there doing a little team bonding over the mm -hmm. Doc G show. Very nice. We Very appreciate nice. it. Thank you, uh, Marina, California. Shout out to Marina, uh, Wyden, Germany. Weiden, or I guess I should say Weiden, Weiden, Germany. Uh, Seattle, Washington. And lastly, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Mm. There we go. Cherry Hill. Yeah. Been there. Yeah, Mike. Oh, there we go. There we go. Shout out to a place that Mike's been. Kind of a dangerous yeah, oh, place. No way. Not at all. <laughs> not, Mike, not when they're Doc G listeners, okay? No way. They, 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 they make it safe. The good part of and, Cherry Hill. Exactly. There we go. Exactly. Mike, I didn't mention this. This is real quick. I didn't mention this as one of the benefits of marriage uh, because it was just so goofy and I didn't have time at the start. 
But I was looking up for these websites, and I found this one website, and it seemed just pretty nutso all the way around. It was just all about, like, you know, it's getting a little political on the way they liked mm-hmm. uh, marriage and whatnot. And, uh, but I just, <laughs> this, this, this benefit just made me laugh the way they phrased it. Quote, a Department of Justice report found that married and widowed women have the lowest rates of violent abuse by a spouse, while divorced and separated women had the highest rates of violence by their spouse or boyfriend. Wait, what? Hmm. Mike, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't know if you've noticed there. But I'll, I'll say it again real quick. The report found that married and widowed women had the lowest rates of violent abuse by a spouse. I'm going to guess widowed women have the lowest rates of violent abuse by a spouse, mainly because their spouse is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's a little bit, little bit <laughs> tough. It's just like, what? Maybe phrase that differently doesn't... Yeah. Anyways, my good news. <laughs> if your if your wife passes away, she will not beat you. So That's good. there you go. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty pretty good pretty good news for you. Regardless, Mike, I do have one other uh let's see, do I have one other leftover story? Well, I have two really left uh, quick stories here. Uh this is one from uh Delaware. Fifty six year old man was arrested for robbing the Santander Bank on Township Line Road. Uh, while officers were headed to the bank, uh, the security officer from the bank told uh, the police officer, uh, officers that it was a 50 to 60-year-old white male that, sh- uh, that robbed the bank, and he drove away in a gray sedan with an elderly white female in the front passenger seat. Hmm. When the car was pulled over by the police, Mike, it was determined that the passenger was the driver's mom, (laughs) who was also taken into custody. But then, after they took her into custody, they released her after the investigation revealed that she was not involved in the bank robbery. That's a fact. (laughs) Mike. That is the worst accomplice you could ever have for a bank robbery. Like, (laughs) how did this dude envision that situation going anyways? Like, he was going to go in, grab a giant bag of money, throw it in the back seat, and they just, like, casually drive down the road to Cracker Barrel and have lunch? Like, Mm. what? Like, of course you're going to get arrested. And of course your mom is not going to help you with this. Like, <laughs> ridiculous. Moral you're support. Fi- Moral support. You're f- 56 years old, Mike. Come on, man. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Mike, in a new interview on CBS Morning with Gail King, Jay-Z, uh, he, reflected, he reflected on his daughter's life in the interview. And he reflected on the... Quote, scrutiny that his daughter Blue Ivy faces, saying that she was born into a life she didn't ask for. Hmm. Which I hate to inform Jay-Z, but no child asked for the life they were born into. Hmm. Good point. Good point. Sort of an option we don't have, Mike. Yeah, no. I don't remember getting a checklist and being like, well, I'd like this. I would like this, too. <laughs> 
This is going to be nice. I'm going to like this. Plus, I, I got to be honest, Mike. Maybe it's just me. Uh, but I would prefer the scrutiny to abject poverty. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would be, uh, you know. Eh. You, and yeah. you would think, like, uh, Jay-Z, a dude that was born in the projects, would get that. He'd be like, shut up, man. I grew up in a one-bedroom apartment, all right? Deal with it. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, I just, I just, I don't know. I guess he just wants everything for his daughter, though, mm -hmm. you know? Can't, can't, can't fault a guy for trying, you know? No. Do you think he's, like, yeah. so rich he could, like, simulate poor life for her? Like, he could just set up. Well, no, I guess you wouldn't really have to simulate it. You don't have to just... be too rich. You can simulate <laughs> it pretty easy. You can, sim yeah. you can simulate that pretty easy. I mean, yeah. I think the better thing is if he really wanted to, he could just insulate her completely to where she doesn't have to have scrutiny. Mm. I mean, you could just buy her her own island and be like, don't worry, you never have to talk to people ever again. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, yeah. I mean, you know, you got, <laughs> he's got, he's got like $1.8 billion or something like that. Like, you know, I don't know. That was a complete guess. I know it's over a billion, Mike. It's I don't know. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of money. It's a he lot. Buy, he's, he's got island buying money. <laughs> Definitely, easily island buying money. Regardless, uh, there there is one open from old Jeffrey Epstein. If you're looking, mm -hmm. uh, Jay, yeah. I don't know if you that Renovated. one seems slightly tainted, <laughs> but yeah, you might need to renovate some things. But it's out there. I'm pretty sure it's still on the market. There's a secret cave, um, all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> weird traps. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyways, uh, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with the one, the only, Trey Lewis right here on the Doc G Show. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are super excited to be welcoming a great musician and host of DM Monday podcast. He's currently finishing up his fall tour, Mr. Trey Lewis. Trey, how are you, sir? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I normally, I love going back through, you know, everybody's background, cruising the web, you know, before they uh, come on the show. And I did that for you, but I was a little right. hung up. On your on your Wikipedia, I don't know. I'm I, I'm I've been told, you know, as a person that has a Wikipedia page, you shouldn't look at it. Have you ever looked at your Wikipedia page? Yeah, mine is incorrect. I think it says I'm five ten or something on there, but I'm actually six five. Um, <laughs> well, I want it says something about me. It says something about me going to college, which that never happened. So I don't know. There we go. Yeah. So I I felt like I was like, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I think we can kill two birds with one stone. I was going to go through this, and I'm going to actually go back and make you a worthy Wikipedia. We're going to correct it 
after we're gonna debunk it and today. we're gonna have we're gonna have the resource right here on the show they're gonna straight straight from the horse's mouth or in this case the tray's mouth so yeah. it starts out by saying trey lewis born birmingham alabama around 1987 it doesn't even give you a specific it says yeah. around 1987 they didn't give you a yeah, specific date yeah, so my birthday is December 5th, 1987. There and it I is. I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. There it is. How do you how do you like Beeham? How how is Birmingham as a place growing up? Oh, um, the ham sandwich. It's you know, it's okay. I I I uh I grew up there. My, a lot of my family's there and it'll always be home, but I don't ever see myself living there again. Mm, mm. Yeah, I hear I hear it's really, you know, I'm guessing as you grew up it sort of it's been through a little bit of a gentrification or something, you know, sort of because I've heard like more, you know, more restaurants have came down there. It's become a little bit more sort of like Greenville, South Carolina. They're trying to jazz it up the the downtown. Yeah, they jazz it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. We got the baseball uh, stadium down there and yeah. parks and stuff. But I haven't been back for real, for real in like three years. You know, I mean, Oof. I've been through there work. to play shows, but. Yeah, I just work all the time now, you know. Too much work. It's understandable. It's understandable. Well, now, yeah. it just jumps. It jumps right from you being born to you being inspired uh, to be a country music uh, singer since childhood, citing Garth Brooks. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, semi. I mean, my early influence early on with music was uh, Garth Brooks and then when I was 13, I kind of, my, my parents went through a, my mom was divorced when I was younger, but then also remarried after that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when I was really young, like three, but she got divorced from my stepdad when I was like 13. And mm -hmm. then I kind of fell off the rocks, got, you know, got into drugs and alcohol and, um, you know, started doing that pretty good bit. And then by the time I was 19, I'd been in and out of jail about four or five times and, uh, different kind of insane asylums and things like that. So, uh, so it was time for me. To, it was time for me to get sober. So I went to rehab. So Garth wasn't cutting it during those times, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, so, Garth wasn't cutting it. Okay. All right. Well, would you? I mean, Garth obviously was that 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 starting influence. Yeah. Uh, what was uh, what sticks out for you as far as Garth back in the day? Oh, I mean, he was just larger than life, you know. He, uh, His music was great. Uh, Shameless was one of my favorite songs ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was uh, that was a good one. Um, that was, like, my favorite when I was, like, in elementary school. I used to nice. bring the tape to my – we had a bunch of kids in the neighborhood that would carpool together, and I would bring the tape, and I would have it rewinded right there to where the song started. And I would make them play that, and all the kids in the car would make fun of me. And I was like, "Whatever, I'm into this." You know, it's awesome. You shut your mouth. It's a, it's an awesome yeah. jam, man. Well, my my favorite my favorite Garth uh, story. I I don't know if you've heard this. I'm because it, it's in a lot of things. It's in his it's in his like biography deal on Netflix, and it's on uh, country music uh, uh, documentary. But like, apparently, you know, they had Fan Day back in the day. Uh, for like all yeah. the record labels and uh you know each singer would have like their little like hour or two hours that they were supposed to be there and you know 
couple people would be in line and then they'd get cut off because they didn't have time. They'd be like, ah, well, no, it's up to this person. And then everybody else, sorry, you don't get to meet them. And Garth just randomly showed up without a booth. He just showed up and he just started meeting fans. And he met fans until literally every single person that wanted to meet him had met him. And he was there, not an exaggeration, over 24 hours. Yeah, and I'm, that's awesome. I'm just like that's that's a dude that respects the respects the fans that uh, he yeah won- man I mean that's that's the bottom line it's like you know you can have a song that's viral you can have a song that's doing this or that but none of that happens you know you can have a record label you can have a nice tour bus but without the fans you know you don't have anything that's true and. You know, that's, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. You know, it's like if we show up to play a show, whether there's a thousand, whether it's sold out or there's, you know, 10 people there, you just got to focus on the people that are there because they, they're the one that spent their money to come see you play. So make sure you take the time with them and make them a fan. Because Amen. in the long run, fans are the only thing that make this thing. Amen. So. Amen. Well, now, uh, besides Garth Brooks, who would you say, has you know steered you in in music that really got um, you going? I loved, I loved. See, like, so when I would go to my dad's house on the weekends, he would play like Clint Black, mm-hmm. Little Credence, Clearwater Revival, you know, things like that, and then um, Leonard Skinner, you know, Almond Brothers, all that stuff. But then my mom would play like Pam Tillis, Patty Loveless, you know, Ben Skill, like all that stuff. So I feel like I got a good mixture. And then when I got to my high school days, I even sprinkled in. I got into Metallica, Pantera, you know, uh, got into my, like, I hate country music phase and just listened to our hard rock and roll, you know. That happens. I feel like that happens to everybody. You got to go through it. Yeah. Well, now, before I do any, uh, before we move on, was there anything else that I should put in Wikipedia in in the childhood area? We've got like a like a spelling bee contest. Do you have a talent contest? Anything we want nah, to throw in there? I didn't do any of that. I didn't do any of that. Yeah. Well, you're you're a pretty big uh, Alabama football fan, right? Yeah. Did yeah. you have like aspirations of being a tight end? Uh, I played offensive line from I played football from the age six to thirteen. Nice, nice. So I played I played offensive line. How were you? Were you a champ of Pop Warner? Uh, we won the Jeffco Championship in 1995. There it is. There it, I'm putting it in. That's going in. Put it in. That's awesome. Well, now, uh, it skips forward. Like I said, it says uh, Lewis stated that he never played guitar until after completing uh, a rehabilitation uh, for alcohol addiction. Now, you, you mentioned that yeah. uh, before. Um, yeah. Yeah. As uh, this current editor that I am here, I feel like we need to yeah. elaborate on this. This was when you were you were nineteen, right? When you actually yeah. Uh, so when I went to I went to treatment and got some help. I was nineteen years old, and um, I went there, and then I went. I lived in sober living for about six months, which is halfway house. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I moved in with my dad. When I moved in with my dad, I I fiddled with the guitar before treatment. And then I fiddled with the guitar a little bit during my stay in treatment. But when I finally got out and had a job, I 
I bought a guitar. My grandfather paid. I bought, I paid for half of it. My grandfather paid for the other half. And nice. The rest is history, pretty much. Yeah. Nice. Now, when you started playing, were you were? Would you say you were? Oh yeah, I want to say you're natural. But did you? Did I mean? Did it come pretty easy? Yeah, I took like two lessons, and I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna teach myself, and that's kind of. Then it. Did, I mean, I did didn't it. take much. You'd find, you know, find things came to you real easy on the guitar. Yeah, I mean, I just knew that if I could learn the chords, then I could look them up on the internet and learn the songs that I wanted to learn. I didn't care about like learn, I didn't care about learning the scales or you know being a shredder. I just needed something that could help me sing. You know, how long did it take before you you know started writing songs? Uh, almost immediately because there was like a couple of chords that I couldn't really play and they were like which is like a b minor it's like a big bar chord mm-hmm. and it was like in every country country song so i just started making up my own lyrics and nice. doing things like that nice yeah well now it's it, it says uh you know it, it sort of uh goes along with that um you paying half uh and your granddad paying half but at, at, it says uh when you began playing guitar you were holding a job at a smoothie shop now yeah yeah i made smoothies now what 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 smoothie uh shop was that uh tropical smoothie i actually had it for lunch today i love tropical smoothie yes yes what's what's your go-to there Uh, i like to get the blimey limey that's my favorite smoothie nice nice and uh a little lime i like makes everything better yeah i like their food too their food's good oh yeah yeah, the little flatbread sandwiches. I'm a big fan. Big fan. Yeah, the Thai, I had the Thai chicken wrap today. It was good. Nice. Man. So so yeah. it didn't ruin it for you working there? No, no, no. Because I, I only worked there for like a year and a half, and then it closed down for a little while, and then I was on to the next thing. So it just left it left you hungry for more. You're like, man, I could go for yeah, some exactly. tropical smoothie. Exactly. Right? It's actually pretty funny. I left that job, and then I went to work for a company that put in like – um like countertops mm-hmm. and uh we did an install one day on the old store that i worked in so that little orange countertop that they have in there yeah. i put that in it's like a full circle moment you're like i'm back again what you're gonna you're yeah. gonna at some point in time here in like a year or so you're gonna do like a a corporate concert for tropical smoothie they're gonna call you, you're gonna be like oh, i'm back guys what keeps drawing yeah. me back here uh <laughs> Uh, so then it uh, then it just like skips forward. It skips forward really far, and it starts yeah. talking about uh, you working on Dick down in Dallas with uh, uh, Brent, Drew, and Matt. And it like just like skips yeah. like twelve years of your life or something like there. Like, yeah, yeah. So I mean, basically, what happened was is I after my job at Truffle Smoothie, um, I was a high school dropout because I dropped out in high school. Uh, in uh my 11th grade year mm-hmm. so and then i was you know drinking and doing drugs and then i got sober and i worked at the smoothie place and then i eventually ended up i think it was in like 2010 ended up getting my my uh gd i went nice. back and took the test and got my gd and then i took a job working at the treatment center that i was a patient at nice and uh I worked there for um, for basically seven years. But once I kind of like took that job, I knew that like I wanted to play music, you know, and and uh, 
I came to Nashville and I recorded like a full length record, which that was my first record that I put out in 2012. And uh, I started playing gigs. I started playing. I played at this uh, restaurant called Kelly's. Uh, yeah. Kelly's Neighborhood Bar and Grill. It was as small. It was it was so small. I mean, but I played there every Friday, Saturday night for like three years. And then I played uh, the Mexican restaurants, you know, and uh, did all that stuff. And then and then in like 2013, I decided I want to start a band. So I started a band and we started playing like other bars and things like that. And then, um, and I think it was 2016, my dad passed away and I was like, all right, I got to do something different here. Like I got to like, so I start. I hired my manager, which I work with now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we started like playing weddings and corporate events and things like that, making a little bit more money so I could come to Nashville and record more Yeah, and, and so forth. And then, um, now I went through a divorce in 2017. That's some, that's and, some writing uh, fuel there. Yeah. That's some writing fuel. And, uh, after about a year of living in Birmingham, I, uh, decided that I was going to load my truck up and move to Nashville. I did that, moved to town when I was 29 and uh, was playing gigs and everything was going great. And then COVID happened and the world shut down. Yeah. And um, I had a songwriting friend that I met met here in Nashville and he showed me this song he had called Dig Down in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought it was uh, funny. Didn't think anything of it, but my roommate... Mitch Wallace at the time was like, dude, you should put this out. He was like, you should also download this app called TikTok and put it on there. And I was like, cool, I'll do it. And we did it. And one day I was driving down to Alabama to play a three-hour acoustic gig. And uh, I posted a video when I got done playing playing the gig. It had three million views. And Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Three, yeah. Three hours, three million. That's a good, that's a good yeah, rate right hours, there. So how long you you played like seven eight years of like gigs in Birmingham? Yeah, well we were traveling. We were doing the Tin Roof Circuit. We mm-hmm. were traveling all over. Um, we had a you know the SUV and we would just ride around it. We were playing weddings, bars, frat parties, what you name it, private parties. I'm guessing it didn't feel like you were making traction during that time. It didn't, but, you know, I always kept the dream alive that I, of one day I was going to be an artist and, you know, I was going to have a song that, that people liked and people that people were going to know, you know. So I just kept coming up to Nashville and recording songs, you know, and just trying to make the best of what I could with what little money I made, you know, and, and, and just kept just kept going. And, I'm like, you know, even in that time, I was like, I'm just happy to be able to, do what I love for a living, even though it wasn't like exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. I knew that it could get me there, you know, as long mm-hmm. as I didn't give up and as long as I kept going, you know, mm-hmm. but there were definitely times where I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is dumb, but I couldn't imagine doing anything else, you know? Yeah. Cause I had worked for somebody else and done all that stuff. So no, no turning around. Uh, no. Turn- well, now you, uh, I heard this in another interview, that it was it was actually when you were working at the rehabilitation center 
that you yeah. you you met a guy that ba- the that you played your songs for that basically was like let's let's record let's well i i well part of me staying sober is i you know in 12 step fellowships is that i help other people right you know get what i got for free and and uh I met a guy and he just asked me to, and he was a musician. He played in a band up here in Nashville and he asked me to come up here with him one weekend. And I did, and I played his producer some songs and he really loved it. And that was my original trip to Nashville when I put out that 2012 record. Um, and a guy named Nolan produced it. When you, when you put out that 2012, did you, uh, was it, was it delusions of grandeur in your head? Were you like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit this, gonna Garth Brooks. That's what is going to happen. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, I mean, I don't think so. I just knew that, I mean, I guess there was some of that there, but in my heart, I knew I wasn't ready. I didn't even know how to put on a show yet, you know? Yeah. Um, but I knew that I wanted to have music that people could listen to, you know, I wanted to have a, a physical CD so I could book myself in venues. I thought that would help, but that didn't really help anything, you know? Uh, so I think I did have some, but I didn't think I was going to be Garth Brooks instantly, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, kept, kept, kept it low. That's always good. Uh, yeah. Well, now, I mean, you already mentioned that, that huge turning point, that viral moment. I mean, before you actually had that viral moment, did you... Did you, I mean, like, it basically sounds like your roommate was the one that was like, you gotta, you should do this. Like, did you have any expectations for it at all? I don't think, no, I mean, I didn't. I thought it would just be like a funny Nashville song that people around town, you know, up here would laugh at. But I didn't think that it would, you know, still be having viral moments. I mean, just the other day, the, the Phillies were using it as their, you know, their winning song in their locker room. It was all over ESPN and, you know. Wild, man. It got streamed a million times last week. You know, it's just, it's crazy, man. It's still getting how's, how's, a million. How's, how's that feel when, when you're watching the, the Phillies on ESPN and you're like, hey, that's me. Yeah, all right, nice. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It really is, honestly, just insane. That's, uh, I mean, it is, it's, it's nuts. It's, uh, it's what over like, it's over 200 million streams on Spotify or 100 million. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely, I know it's platinum. I got my platinum plaque somewhere in here. I haven't hung it up yet. Man, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's bananas. Well now, uh, last year, uh, you've got, I mean, you, you've been, you've been reaching out, you've been playing with a lot of different people and, uh, you collaborated with a friend and former guest of the show. We, we really love him a lot. Hayden Kaufman. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, I, I, how did you, how did you start working with Hayden? I don't really, I don't honestly know. I, I feel like we've been friends for a long time. I don't even really, I don't even really know how we became friends, uh, just, just being that's how smooth he is. He just moved in. You're yeah. like, oh, we're friends yeah. now? Man, all um, right. But I think either me or him pitched the idea out that we should do a song together. And um, I sent him uh, Give a Country Boy a call, and he was like, oh, that's heat. And then we ended up doing that together. And then uh, he just did eight d- eight dates with us on our mm-hmm. fall tour. That was really fun. And uh, I don't know, me and Hayden got a lot of ideas together. So I, I, I hope that we'll be working together soon in the future, but, um, you know, I can't, can't give you an exact 
quote on everything. So. Some, some things are but, in the works. That's what we can. Some things are in the works, but man, I love Hayden. He's a really good dude, and he works really hard. And I was I was so about proud. to say I'm all I'm always blown away, man. I'm always blown away by how motivated he is because he just seems yeah. like I mean. You know, I, I, I tell people all the time when, when I first, so I had a couple of guys, uh, you know, Drake Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was, it's pretty weird. Uh, I was, I was like, I was going through social media and I get a, I get a, um, I'm, I'm watching one of his videos, Drake Freeman's videos. And I'm like, I really like this song. This is a cool song. And literally right when I'm watching it, he direct messages me and he's like, Hey, I'm going to be in Florida. You think we could do a show? And I was yeah. just like, what? How did that happen? So like he came on the show and we were talking and he was like, yeah, I've got this, I've got this friend that I'm writing for. He's just, he wants to be, he wants to be in country music. He's so driven about it, man. And he's, he's got the voice and I'm, I'm excited about working with him. And I was like, Oh, what's his name? He's like Hayden Kaufman. And I remember looking up Hayden at that time. And that was, I want to say that was 2019, I think. Yeah. And, you know, his monthly listeners were like 15,000, 30,000, something, something like that. Yeah. You know, which is obviously good for an up-and-coming guy. But, like, ever since yeah. then, I've just seen it. Yeah, he just, hit, he just hit a million. He's got, like, a little over a million now. Yeah. And, I mean, you know. Awesome. He's, he's completely independent, man. Him and his, his girlfriend, they're, they're, and they're, his whole crew, man, they're just awesome to work with, just fun to be around. When, and he's actually hilarious. He's probably one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Well, now he's he's a pretty steadfast Tennessee fan. He is. I tried to ask him if he wanted to go to Bride Denny this weekend and watch the game. I was about to say. I mean, can you keep it friendly in that in that kind of? Oh environment? yeah. I mean, I can. You know, I mean, we beat them for fifteen years. So <laughs> if they win one every now and then, we'll let it go. You know, I'm not so obviously. I mean, like, I didn't go to I didn't go to Alabama. I'm not an Alabama like actual fan, but man, I just respect Nick Saban so much. I mean, yeah, that dude. Talk about talk about a coach. And I mean, he just the thing I love about him is he's never too high. He's never too low. You know, when yeah. when people are are you know basically saying Alabama's dead and they need to find a new coach and everything, he's the same guy. It's the exact same thing, yeah. man. So impressive. For sure. But uh, For sure. I did notice too. I don't know if we want to put this in the uh, in the Wikipedia or not. But uh, right. I took a look on the old social media there, and I noticed a, a couple of posts you dedicated to uh, to cold plunges. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Have you have you got into cold plunges recently? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing it about three times a week. It's pretty awesome. Pretty life changing. Are you, are you keeping, um, now I saw, on the, I think I saw on the first one that you had it at, uh, at 50, 50 degrees. Is that where you keep it? Yeah, at? I'm down to, I'm, that was at my buddy's house. He's got like a machine that like keeps it a certain temperature, but now I'm, I just have one in my backyard that I put ice in and it gets down to like 37, 40 degrees. It's pretty Woo. cool. Woo. Yeah. But I, man, the, 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 the mental, the, the mental effects are just like, it's great. It's great for your psyche and. You yeah. like you like it about like the energizing. What is what does it do for you mentally? It's just uh like it's like it, it reminds me of like a lot about life. Like it's like you know when something bad happens in your life, or you're like, oh, I can't do this, and then once you settle in, you're like, okay, I got this. Yeah. Like 
know, Overcome let me, let me do stress. some praying. Let me do some praying. Let me like, you know, talk to some friends that have been through this before. Like, let me go get out of myself and go help somebody else, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's like, it's like the same thing, but it's just like centers you and gets you centered in what you need to be doing for that day, you know? And, and, letting go of all the distractions what's on the phone screen you know mm-hmm. what girl's texting me you know like whatever you know just centers you and brings you back to like you know i don't know if like, that makes sense no no it yeah. makes it i mean you know it's the same thing that a lot of people do i mean it, it's like any stress it's like any big like i mean it's like it's like lifting it's like running you get that yeah you get you get yourself through it you get your mind right you get organized through that stress i like it Right. I like it, man. Well, now you've got several spots left on this uh, this tour here, uh, including mm-hmm. Gainesville, right down the road. Um, That's right. What, what's what's the what's the game plan as far as music for the rest of the year? I mean, we're going to finish up the, um, the fall I tour. To my manager, I got a new song coming out. I think December first. It's called "Mine Never Could," and then we've got one more single coming out, and then uh, and then and I think March first or somewhere around there my album drops so nice now i was gonna 15, I'm, I'm, 14 songs i was gonna ask record. because i mean you know you've been doing ever ever since that first album you've sort of been doing what a lot of people do and what makes sense the the you know the sort of single game putting out the singles. yeah i put out singles for a while i put out an ep like two years ago uh, right after the big viral hit mm-hmm. um and then um i've just been working on this record for a long time it's been done uh we're, we're printing vinyls it's gonna be awesome man it's gonna nice. be a it's gonna be a really cool thing i'm 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 proud of it it's my you know favorite record that i've ever been a part of and and then we're getting back in the studio in a few more weeks to record another project that's going to come out after this one so yeah. lots of writing lots of songs Nice. Not, with the yeah. with the one that's getting ready to come out, you don't have to tell us if uh, or who it is, but are there any collaborations? There's no collabs. It's all you. All me, man. I like it. I like it. Now, now, are these? I mean, are, is this is this uh, a collection of songs basically since the last album? Like, I mean, are there some really old ones on there that you've been, you know, curating? Uh, not over really. Those years? I, I, Cut a lot of outside songs on this record, songs that I didn't write. Nice. Um, but yeah, I just had a kind of have an idea of how I wanted this record to sound, and um, some of those songs I didn't have. But you know, I have a lot of great songwriter friends in this town, and um, you know, I just had a lot of songs that were outside cuts that I wanted to record and hear what my take on them would be. So nice. that's what I did. Yeah. Now, when you when you hear, because I've uh, you know I've I've, had, I've been lucky enough to have some, you know, uh, big big timers there in the old country uh, in the country game. We had Josh Turner on, we had Jordan Davis on, and and those guys. Yeah. They, they talked about you know when they would hear a song from another artist, you know, getting that sort of demo tape. And one of my favorites was with Josh Turner. He talked about that, and uh, you know the uh, the demo tape was Chris Stapleton. That was uh, on, yeah. and I was like, "Did you hear that?" And we're like, "What? I gotta follow that. I've gotta sing that song. What yeah. am, how am I supposed to do yeah. that?" Like, did you have? Uh, uh, have you worked with anybody like that? That I mean, that you've heard some of these songs, and you're like, "I don't, 
Oh, no, that sounds above my pay grade. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would say anytime Adam Craig's on a demo, uh, mm. I don't know if you remember Adam Craig. Yeah. He had a song called Just a Phase. And, um, he's written a lot of great songs that are, you know, out now by other artists. But mm. anytime you hear his his voice on a demo, you're like, I can't sing it better than him, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of the times that's the case, you know. And it's, uh, But, you know, you just have to find your, your voicing for it. So, yeah. you know. Of course, of course. Now, are you are you an album guy at heart? Like, I mean, when you go through music, do you like, like, I mean, was that part of the plan? Was like, okay, how am I gonna put together these fourteen songs as far as like flow? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, I think the Dirk Bentley Black album is like one of my favorite, nice. you know, mainstream records of all time. I feel like it's it, they did a really good job with that. Um, but I I, I I do I love records and I and I think it's every artist's dream to get into records because you're not just thinking about one song you're thinking about you know a whole project collectively together of how it's going to tell a story you know like the title track of this record I wrote this song you know it's it's called you know it's called Troublemaker and um, it is part of my life story and then I was kind of able to build around that nice so, with either songs I wrote or other people wrote. Right, so. right. Now, uh, yeah. is that, I mean, obviously, well, I, I guess it's a little bit better that since you had some other people writing, because I normally don't like to ask this question if you wrote the whole album, because then it's like, you know, you love them all like children, and I know you do because you recorded it yeah. all. But as far as, I mean, I'm guessing there's some of the singles that you've already released on the album or no? Uh, we put out Up Yours, uh, was one of them always you, mm -hmm. which is uh, that one, and then uh, the next one we're gonna put out off of that record is called Mine Never Could, mm -hmm. and it's probably one of my favorite songs that I didn't uh, I didn't write. Um, Derek Rattan, Zach Kill, they wrote the song, and it's uh, I've had it on hold for like three years, so I was just waiting for the right time to put it on a project. So, so um, this one should I'm be sure a big one. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens, you know. I love it. Nice, nice. Well, besides those three, what would you say yeah. is your is your ace in the hole that you're really excited about on the album? Um, I like that song called Outlaw Us. Outlaw Us. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a Michael Carter and Rhett Atkins. Nice. Uh, it's a, it's a party song. It's, you know... It uh, kind of has some uh, try that in the small town vibes to it, you know. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, now, uh, what what was the date? What was the date on the album? Uh, I think sometime in February, maybe February first. I'm not sure, so don't quote me on that. But um, we're gonna we're gonna cross our fingers that it comes. We'll be announcing soon on, on social media, so make sure you follow me on all my social me medias at at Trey Lewis Music. That's it, Trey Lewis music. Well, Trey, uh, now that we have the true story, now that we have all yeah. our information, check back on Wikipedia. You're going to be like, man, that is one good Wikipedia. And it'll be all thanks yeah. to author Ben Gordon. You'll be excited about it. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> thank you, brother. Of course, man. We are up against a break, but I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Hey, man, thanks for having me on, brother. 
We'll see you later. All right, man. Listeners, you can check out all things Trey at TreyLewisMusic.com. You can follow him on social media at TreyLewisMusic. Right now, let's take a listen to Always You right here on the Doc G Show. Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. You just heard Trey Lewis, Mike, a fan of cold tubs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, I know you were you were a cold uh, shower guy there for a long time. You got really into it. You were, you were cold showering yeah. all over the place. Did you ever actually mm. cold tub? Did you actually ever get like in a? No, I've never tried that. I've never tried the uh, the ice plunge. I feel like that's like much that, better no. to me. Like for me, like just to handle, because like it's yeah. like, like the the cold shower is like a, a death by a thousand cuts. You know, you like, you just get mm-hmm. keep hitting with little cold, and you're like, oh, oh god, yeah, now oh, it's getting. But like you're never actually enveloped in it. You know. And so, it, yeah. and then you got like the air hitting you as well while you're doing. I just ugh, no, like getting in the water, it yeah. just envelops you, and you got to accept the coldness, you know. Yeah. Which out? It does seem like you can also build up like a little. Tell me if I'm wrong here, Doctor. You could build up like a little barrier of warmth between you and the water a little bit quickly. Like, Isothermal faster, air. Like you- Yes. Yeah. Oh, there you yes. go. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you, th- there are a lot of things about it, but I mean, I I, th- I do. I think maybe the, the cold tub, a little bit of a, I, I'm not going to spend any money on a cold tub and I'm not going to spend any effort on setting one up. But nope. if I were to, I would go with that way instead of the cold showers. I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. just, just yeah. what I'm thinking. He actually, uh, he said he just, uh, you know, Gets the old, uh, gets the old bucket with ice in there and just throws it in there. You know, lets it melt out. And it goes goes the cheap route. His friend that he had on Instagram had the actual like you know regulated tub with the the temperature controller and everything. Yeah, I hear those things get dirty really quickly. Well, that had to cost and, a pretty uh, penny that was too. Kind of a turn off, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's also expensive. I mean, thousands of dollars yeah. for one of those little cold tubs. That's yeah. That seems like a lot. Like I mean, if it's I see people using uh, garbage cans, like you know they yeah, like the just the big ones. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I could see it. Makes sense. You just sort of cram yourself down in there. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not spending thousands of dollars on one unless I see that it decreases my likelihood of getting pneumonia more than marriage. Then I'll think about it. <laughs> But until then, Mike, it's not happening. It is not happening for me. Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. Shout out to uh, Trey. Make sure you go to his show. His show is November 2nd, gang. He's going to be in Gainesville. Very, very good show. Need to check it out. Uh, Thanks to Trey for being on the show. Mike, we need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Mike, see top three. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Mike... Uh, but it's a Doc G top three. It, it technically this. is. It technically is. Now, yeah. Mike, two things. One, last week, 
game time decision by me. When we were getting ready to do the Mike C top three, I um, I was like, you know what? We've got Claude on the show. Let's 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 use Claude while he's here. What? So instead of doing the top three uh, dog uh, breeds, we went with top three uh, MVP uh, choices for 2024. So, any guesses who you who he went with, Mike? Um, hmm, MVP. I'm gonna say Luca. Nope, wasn't in his top no. three. Wasn't there. No, Jokic. No. Jokic. Back to the Joker, yeah, man. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. I went Giannis. Be that guy. I went Giannis. We'll see. We'll see if it uh if it pans out. But Mike, I texted you last night and I said, Hey, we need actually I didn't say this. I was thinking this. I was like, we need a top three. So I sent you the top three dinosaurs, which I thought mm-hmm. I was like, Mike will like this. This will be a, a, yes. a Mike C top three here so uh i don't have any honorable mentions i could um but i decided to just uh just just go with a a straight top three do you have any honorable mentions mike okay um i have one the elasmosaurus which is uh the loch ness monster or the the what they think it was Uh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so it's a little it's a little floaty guy there with fins and then uh Mm -hmm. big old long neck yeah, mm-hmm. yes, it's like a yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's a that's a nice dinosaur. I like I, you know, always a fan. Aquatic ones. It's good. It's a good mm-hmm. switch up. It's a good switch up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mike, my number three is gonna be the Ankylosaurus. You know the Ankylosaurus? No, is that uh, is it like ankle high? He, he's that? the guy that's just full of armor. He's the guy that oh, yeah. looks like he's got like a, a old uh, football helmet on, and then he's just got yeah. plates all going down his back, and then he's got a giant club on his tail. Mm-hmm. They 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 were only about five to six feet tall, Mike. So they're about as tall as me, but they weighed eight thousand kilograms. So like literally, they weighed like two tons, man. Or sorry, mm. not two to eight tons, eight, eight tons. tons, just so much bone, so much density. Yeah, nothing was effing with this man. It didn't matter what was coming up to it. It's like you're not gonna. There's yeah, don't try it. Like I mean, it's basically like a turtle with spikes and a giant club tail. Like then nothing's gonna be able to attack that thing. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like an armored tank, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Good dinosaur. Good dinosaur. Number three for you, Mike. Um, I don't I don't know how to pronounce this. Okay. Quetzalcoatlus. Uh Quetzalcoatlus. Quetzalcoatlus. Okay. Uh Okay. And it's a uh yeah, so it's one of the pterodactyls. Mm-hmm. I think it's called a Tesaurus or something like that, but it's the pterodactyl that that can walk on its elbows and it's uh like the so this specific um one was the it's the largest flying dinosaur Mm. it's the largest flying actually i I think it's the largest flying animal in history do you have do you have any width on it any like any size 
you know any stats now i don't have the stats on the the wingspan or anything like that i just know that it was able to like it's the largest animal that was able to like take off uh from just standing, right right basically yeah so looked like, like a boeing boeing 747 jet okay yeah pretty big uh pretty big dinosaur. cool and it's still considered a dinosaur actually had to had to confirm had to confirm I like it. Yeah, I had to confirm. Yeah, because I was I was gonna go megalodon, but that's not technically a dinosaur. Right, right. I'm I'm glad you Just stuck to the to the yeah. assignment, Mike. That's good. <laughs> that's good, yeah. Mike. Uh, so, anyways, my number yeah. two, and this was tough to choose, sort of number two versus number one. Uh, but my number two uh, is actually a genus of of dinosaur. I think there's a couple of dinosaurs in this genus. Um, but the Dreadnoughtus genus, uh, Dreadnoughtus, yeah, which was originally discovered in Argentina, and they are the largest terrestrial animals ever on planet Earth. Uh, mm. They are massive, oh, Mike, so. up to uh, eighty-five feet long, and uh, up to sixty-five tons. Sixty-five tons. Mm. More, up to like a dozen elephants combined. Just think about twelve elephants together is is one you know one of these dinosaurs, uh, and uh, their name literally means fear nothing, right? And uh, even though they were herbivores, they just uh, didn't care if there were any predators walking around because that predator wasn't messing with him. He's way too giant. What was it called? The Dreadnoughtus? Dreadnoughtus, yeah. Oh, that thing is awesome. Huge, man. Huge. It's it's like wow. it's like on the first it's like on the first uh Jurassic Park when they turn around the corner and they go into the field and they see what is actually yeah. what they say, you know, is the Brontosaurus. It's like those guys. And just uh mm. giant, giant uh dinosaurs. All right, Mike, you're number two. Are your are we two? Yeah, two. Yeah, number two. My number two actually was similar to yours as a Brachiosaurus. Right, right. I think I think that's um, in the same genus. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah, the Brachiosaurus was the um, first dinosaur that they saw in. No, the Brachiosaurus was the one that they were where they were all uh, after the T Rex attack, uh, and then the Brachiosaurus came into the tree. Uh, and they were like feeding it mm-hmm. uh, leaves and then sneezed on the girl. Right, right, right. So yeah, Brachi- Brachiosaurus, cool dinosaur, huge, gentle creature looking in the movie. Yeah, very, <laughs> uh, very um, uh, giraffe like, you know? Uh, yeah. Non. Very giraffe like. Non mammal giraffe. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, mm-hmm, Mike, mm-hmm. my number one, I don't know if it's your number one, but I think it has to be T-Rex. T-Rex, my yeah. number one. I mean, come on. You can't you can't go wrong with Come T-Rex. on. Yeah. Although I will Badass. say, I just saw this, Mike. A new study revealed that uh, apparently <laughs> they, they no longer believe that they had uncovered teeth. Uh, like in all the pictures, you know, like like a crocodile. They don't believe that was actually the case. They believe that they their like mouth went all over and covered the teeth, sort of like uh like you mm. know like a small lizard looks. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Which doesn't seem as cool, you know. 
When you got just a normal closed mouth without giant teeth coming out, doesn't seem as uh, as frightening. But regardless, in our heads, it's the coolest. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. Wait, so they thought the teeth were exposed on the T-Rex? Yeah. Yeah, you know. Like, oh, okay, l- l- so now they're saying l- it. Like in, like in uh, Jurassic Park, you know. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, and now now they, they think, eh, probably not. Probably not. Probably the, the lip went down there. But uh, is that is that your number one, Mike? You know, it was going to be <gasps> number one. It was. It's not actually number one. My number one is actually the new and improved Velociraptors, mm. the ones with the tails and the feathers, and like the ones that can almost fly. Like they're a little bit smaller. And t- I was about cool to say as- teeny guys. Yeah. Teeny guys. They're a little bit smaller. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan. But I watched the new uh, Discovery uh, Prehistoric Planet, um, and uh, they did an awesome job uh, showing the raptor hunt or or recreating the raptor hunt. Yeah. And how they they're believed to have like worked together on on teams, and they were just really smart and and cool. Yeah. The, cool. Uh, cool dinosaur. They really oversized them on Jurassic Park. You know? Yeah, they did. Yeah, because I mean, those guys are like the size of turkeys in in real life, and they were mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, they're pretty small. In Jurassic Park, they were like, you know, what would be cooler if we made them like eight feet tall. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> All right, let's go <laughs> yeah. with that. That's that's way better. Uh, but yeah, I got to be honest. I don't. I I wouldn't want to attack a teeny little or, or be attacked by a teeny little uh, turkey with with crazy claws. I don't. No, thank you. Nope. Pass. Yeah. Pass. Anyways, Mike. All right. All right. That is our top three. Top three dinosaurs. Uh, good one, Mike. Do you have one for next yeah. week? Um, I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I haven't thought about a top three, but I did think about it when you said the dinosaur. What about it? Like a top three. Um, Doctor, this is so bad because it's exposing how little I know about like history and what we call things. But what were the uh, animals that were called before <laughs> or after the dinosaur? After like uh, like you know the woolly mammoth and uh, the saber tooth tigers. What were those? Well, I mean, it sort called? of just depends on how about. I mean, if you want to do that, how about just like top three extinct animals? Top three extinct animals. I love it. Top three extinct animals. Okay. okay. We will go. There we go. There we go. Top three extinct animals. Listeners, get your uh, get your list down. Uh, you can go r- recent if you want. You can go with the dodo bird if you want. Uh, we can do that. Yeah. But I, I saw, like, actually, while I was looking this up, Mike, for my dinosaurs here, uh, I didn't realize there was actually a sea cow before the manatee. There was actually something called oh, really? a sea cow that was like way bigger than a manatee. It's basically the same thing as a manatee, except like five times bigger than a manatee. And that mm-hmm. was called the sea cow. Say what? They're cold water manatees, and uh, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they hunted them so much. You just don't. There's not even they they don't even have a fossil anymore. It's just like uh. they existed, and that's it. And that's uh, so sad. They're not going to make my top three, Mike. Girl, come on. Uh, now, well, well, I don't know. They could. I'm not going to say they're not. Maybe they'll get an honorable mention. <laughs> you know? An honorable mention. There we go. Uh, Mike, we need to move on. We've got two birthday suits left. We've got a uh, young hip-hop artist 
and we've got a uh, <sighs> businessman. Which one do you want to go with first? <clears throat> Let's go with the hip hop artist. Okay. Um, Memphis rapper that had the album Top Shotta with singles like Camelot and Walk 'em Down. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Doctor, you have no idea. Yeah. Let's see if you've ever heard of it. NLE Choppa. No. Oh, all right. All right. He, he's, uh, a, he's a bit out of your age range, Mike, but I love him. He is he is a good artist. Yeah. yeah. He's a bit out of my age range, too, but you know what? I love him. He's 21, Mike. Turning 21. Ah, great age. Born on November 1st, 2002, Memphis, Tennessee. Started freestyling at the start of high school. His mom, Angela Potts, became his first manager. Still is his manager. Uh, released a mixtape in 2018. He then released Shot of Flow in 2018, which received over 10 million views in a month. Jeez. His debut album, Top Shotta, was released in 2020. He just released his most, uh, or he released his most recent album this year, Cottonwood 2, in April. Uh, yeah, NLA Choppa. Sometimes I like, get, you know, you, nice. you just sort of wonder, like, I mean, you know, you listen to some of NLA Choppa's uh, uh, lyrics, and I'm like, your mom's your manager? Seems weird. Just, I mean, like, it just seems awkward. You get off stage, you're like, hey. You hear about that uh, having sex with at the end of my uh, end of my uh, show? Pretty awesome, right? High fives, mom! Like that's just uh, I don't know. What does she do? She just ignores it. I don't know. It's weird. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying it's it's, it's got to be awkward. It'd be awkward for me. Yeah, it never ends well with the parents managing. No, no, not usually. No. But regardless, he's 21. No. He's enjoying it. He's a he's a millionaire. <laughs> he's a, a famous artist. So. Hats off to you, NLE Choppa. Good yeah. stuff. Mike, mm -hmm. we're going to try to get one. We're going to try to get All one right. here. Let's try. Let's uh, try to get one. Current CEO of Apple. Mm. Wow. Tim Cook? There we go. No. There it yes. is. Yes. There it is, Mike. One, four, three. Nailed it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take Nailed it. Nailed it. Born on November 1st, 1960. So keep that in mind. He's just two years younger. He are two years older than Anthony Kiedis. These guys don't, do not look the same. Uh, Tim Cook, born in Mobile, Alabama, went to Auburn University where he received a degree in industrial engineering. Started working at IBM. He worked there for 12 years. Then he worked at Compaq Computers until Steve Jobs hired him in 1998. In 2011, mm. he was named CEO of Apple. Along with CEO of Apple, he's on the board of directors for Nike. And he's a trustee of Duke University. Not bad. Uh, I'm going to be honest. It is hard to believe that him and Anthony Kiedis are just two years apart. But... Uh, Tim's got a pretty good amount of money. Um, yeah. He's also got just a, a tough job. There's a lot of pressure on him being that current CEO of Apple. Yeah. That's a lot. He amazingly mm -hmm. stays out of uh, public, though. Like, people don't really know much about Tim at all. Nope. Like, he just doesn't put himself out there. 
You know, there are all kinds of wacky stuff about uh, Steve Jobs that you would hear, and you'd be like, he he has a diet of what? He does what with his ex-wife? He's around like, there's none of that with Tim Cook. It's just he's in the sh- in the shadows. That dude, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, he is. You don't read. Yeah, you don't really see a lot of. No, I think he does it by being stuff. boring. You know, he just is. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I know offense. I'm not. Probably. I'm not telling. You know, no offense to him. I'm just saying he 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 has a cover of boring. He's like, I'm just gonna play it, just as you know, just as average as can be, and people will be like, eh, Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, that's Tim Cook. You know, but anyways, happy birthday, Tim, turning the big six three, Mike six three, and you were one for three. So there we go. Mm-hmm. One for three, ending it. So that would have been, uh, let's see, uh, that was 74 and a half now out of 127. 74 and a half out of 127. Mike, we have some fantastic shows coming up. Yes! Very excited. We have uh, the one, the only uh, Blackberry Smoke coming on the show. We also have the fantastic uh, Mia Sano and Ali. Crowley Duncan. Don't know if you've seen these uh, these characters, Mike. Uh, this, Mia is a uh, violinist, and Allie is a bagpiper. Um, they have a social media following uh, roughly like 80,000 times bigger than ours. Uh, mm. It is ridiculous. Uh, both of them, I don't know. I think both of them, it's like over... 3 million-ish followers on TikTok. And then on Instagram, they both have like 600,000 followers. They've got... Uh, nice. They, they are touring the country now, uh, bagpiping and, and violining. And I know... That's cool. I know it does not sound yeah. like a mix that would work, but trust me, it works. It works. Bagpiping, yeah, you just don't hear... And they are ridiculously talented, man. But, I mean... Yeah. Uh, well, and both of them went to college for their instruments. Uh, Mia went to uh, Berkeley for violin, and Allie went to Edinburgh College or University for bagpipes. Wild. Nice. I bet she has a cool bagpipe, too. Oh, she's got... Like, it's One of those modern ones with it's lights. Like, well, and... it's like scarlet. A scarlet garnet. It's like a dark red, the bag is, mm. and then it's got uh, pretty fancy pipes on it. It's just why cool. it's just a wild instrument, man. It's a wild instrument. Yeah, she has a really cool story of where uh, we're going to talk about it, but she got a really cool story where um, somebody she she did a video of where she covered uh, Metallica songs, and somebody commented, of course, was like Metallica wouldn't approve your bagpipes in their songs, and literally less than five minutes after sh- uh, that guy posted that comment. Metallica posted and was like, "She does or he doesn't speak for us. We love your music. Keep playing." Like, mm. and I was just like, "Nice." I thought you were about to be like, "We have an opening on a show next week. We would love a bagpipe didn't, player." Didn't go that <laughs> far, but still, you know, I was like, "Man, Metallica uh, yeah, coming cool. through, man." But uh, regardless, Mike, very excited about both shows. Can't wait. But until then, we need yeah, to wrap awesome. it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Ferticus Shuret. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah.